I was born and raised in Jerusalem. I was four years old or so when East Jerusalem was occupied. And suddenly Jerusalem became a single city. Now, from that moment on, Jerusalem had two completely separate and segregated populations as it does today. Israeli Jews who lived in privileged parts of the city, who had resources, who had nice schools and playgrounds and so forth, and the Arabs. We didn't say Palestinians in those days. And I remember as a child seeing the vast differences between what our neighborhoods looked like and what their neighborhoods looked like. As Israel is claiming that it is, you know, a united city and a united city and a united city, I remember being 12, 13 years old, looking around. I didn't know the word apartheid, of course, but there was something wrong here. Completely wrong. Last year, Amnesty International came out with a report, an extended, detailed report, that concludes that the state of Israel has been engaged in the crime of apartheid since it was established. And again, I'll say this again, apartheid has been designated as a crime against humanity. So three years after the Holocaust, three years after the genocide of the Jews in Europe ended, a state that claims it is a Jewish state was allowed to engage in a crime against humanity, and I'll take it one step further. Apartheid is only one of the crimes against humanity that this state was allowed to engage in. Ethnic cleansing is a crime against humanity, which Israel, the, the Zionists and the state of Israel has been, uh, in which the, side of, the state of Israel has been engaged, and genocide. <clears throat> and people say, oh my God, genocide. Well, look at the definition of these laws, compare them to what has been going on in Palestine since the state of Israel was established, and you, you, know, you figure it out. It's very easy to see. Where would uh, someone who, who identifies strongly as an atheist, where would their politics go here, and how much should they ascribe to religion specifically as an institution as part of the Palestinian-Israel conflict? That's a really good question. You know, the, the, what makes the Palestinian issue unique, in my opinion, is that it's not about religion and it's not about politics. It's a question of values. I'll give you an example. We know that Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza, you know, there was a lot of discussion about Al-Shifa Hospital as Israel, as, as it was being bombed and so forth. And the claim that the Zionists made and Israel made is that somehow under the hospital there were fighters or there was weapons or something. And therefore it was okay to do what they did. Here's where the values come in. Let's say that the devil himself lived under the hospital. The devil himself lived under the hospital. Does that justify harming a single hair of the head of a child? Yes or no? no. End of story. That's the only question that matters. Because if you say yes, the conversation is over. If anybody thinks if anybody thinks that that scenario justifies, never mind killing, never mind burning, never mind destroying, destroying, harming a single hair on the head of a child, if anybody who feels that that is justified, goodbye, the conversation is over. There's nothing we can say to each other anymore. It's a question of values. And on the larger issue, the question is this. You either support 
racism, apartheid, and violence, and supremacy, and then go ahead and support Israel, but own it. Own it. Some people think it's fine to murder you know, thousands, tens of thousands of, of people in Gaza. Some people think it's fine to maintain the apartheid regime. Fine, own it though. Because the other side talks about justice, talks about freedom, equal rights, and talks about the possibility of peace between Israelis and Palestinians. So these are the two choices. Take out Israeli, take out Palestinian. One is a vote for racism and violence, which will never, of course, lead to peace, right? I mean, racism and violence is the opposite of peace. The other calls for justice, calls for liberation, calls for freedom, calls for equality. So it's a question of values. Find out what your values are and then own it. And that's why someone like me, who was raised in a deeply Zionist uh, family, my grandfather's signature sits on the Israeli Declaration of Independence. I had a great uncle who was the president of the State of Israel and my father was a general. And here I am telling you it's about finding your values. Once you find out about the injustice, do you continue to support it or do you reject it? Regardless of your background, regardless of your religion, regardless of your education, regardless of your family. And that's why I'm here today saying the things that I say. My question is, we're talking about the Palestinian state or country. Until 1967, this war, you didn't have to ask for a Palestinian state or be identification or something from nobody because all this area was under the rule of the Jordanians. Why before 67, nobody came to the Jordanian and said, hey guys, we want our own state. Suddenly, it became a huge problem after 67. I don't accept the premise of the question that before 1967 there was no issue of a Palestinian uh, liberation. It's not true. The issue of Palestinians wanting their liberation, wanting their freedom, and wanting their country back began as soon as Palestine was taken by the Zionists in 1948. Mm -hmm. 1967 was just the second step in the Zionist taking of Palestine, kind of the, what they call the, finishing the job. And then a Zionist idea came up of the two-state solution as we know it today, where uh, a Palestinian state might be limited to just these two little areas called the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. And I'll tell you a little story about that. So my father was one of the generals who planned and then executed the 1967 assault by Israel against his Arab neighbors. I think calling it a war is, 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 creates a misunderstanding. It was a, it was a brutal assault by Israel against its neighbors for the sake of taking land. And, and the generals themselves said this, my father and others said it after the war. But on the fifth day of the war, the Israeli military high command met. And at that meeting, my father stood up and said, we now have a, an opportunity to solve the Palestinian question in our, in our, to our advantage. We will offer the Palestinians a small state on a small fraction of historic Palestine. He stood up and he said this. And the other generals, his comrades, Tzachak Rabin and others, looked at him and said, what are you talking about? We just finished the job of taking our land back and you want us to give it back to someone? 
And he said, what we should do now is we should give the Sinai back to the Egyptians, the Golan Heights back to the Syrians, allow the Palestinians a state in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip with East Jerusalem as their capital. We will have peace agreements with all these countries and we can move on. And his comrade said, look, we don't, nobody wants to talk about this nonsense right now. And as, as he was saying these words, Israeli bulldozers were destroying Palestinian towns, Palestinian neighborhoods in East Jerusalem, throughout the West Bank, and building massively for Jews only in those areas. Immediately. Immediately. Areas within East Jerusalem, within the old city, were bulldozed. Hundreds of thousands of Palestinians expelled. As he was still saying these words. Israel didn't have to think, didn't take a minute even, before they began the destruction. Because this was going to be a part of the state of Israel. So, the conversation about two states was later on adopted by Palestinians as, as kind of a gesture. Fine, we will give up the struggle to free all of Palestine. We will give up on the idea, which is a Palestinian idea, of a democratic state with equal rights in historic Palestine for this idea of a two-state solution. And again, Israel continued to build and build and build and make it absolutely clear that this will never happen. And then Israelis say, see, we want a Palestinian state, and they won't want it. Who created a single state from the river to the sea? Not the Palestinians, Israel did. With privilege and rights for Jews only, from the river to the sea. And when Palestinians say, no, 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 but how about equality from the river to the sea? How about a democratic state with equal rights? They say, see, that's anti-Semitic. How dare they say equality? We want privilege, we want supremacy. That's our idea. 